Oh, listen, church, all who have ears to hear what the Spirit is speaking to the church. Hear the word of the Lord. A new day is dawning upon the remnant church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the church that Jesus is building. God declared through the prophet Isaiah, the former things have all now come to pass. Now I will do a new thing. Will you be aware of it? Oh, friends of God, believers in Christ, that is the question God is posing to you today. The cloud of God's Spirit is moving. Will you move with it? Welcome to the Real Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lambert. In an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth, the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate. Jesus prophesied, an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic word of God that he is revealing in this hour concerning the church Jesus is building is our goal. Affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ in order to fulfill the purposes and plans of God is our purpose. Now I declare new things. Now I declare new things. That title is taken from the first passage of our three foundation scriptures, Isaiah 42, 9. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things. Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. And then in Isaiah 43:18 and 19, God says, Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. And then Isaiah 48, 6 through 8, I proclaim to you new things from this time, even hidden things which you have not known. They are created now and not long ago. And before today, you have not heard them, so that you will not say, Behold, I knew them. You have not heard, you have not known. As these passages of Scripture clearly indicate, our Father God is a God of new things. That is the overall premise of each segment of this teaching series, which premise is corroborated by a host of Scripture passages in addition to the ones we've cited in this series, as well as by a host of the types and shadows of the Old Testament which we are informed, happened as an example, as a type, 
to speak to us believers today upon whom the ends of the ages have come. 1 Corinthians 10, 11. God was forever moving and doing new things in the continuum of His story, which is what the compendium of Old Testament books in total is revealing to us. God was forever moving in the lives of the Old Testament saints, as well as in the collective life of the people of God, the Israelites. God has been moving in the lives of His mankind creation since Genesis, and will continue to move in the lives of redeemed humanity through the consummation of the ages revealed in the Revelation. He truly is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and He truly is and has always been a God on the move, ever declaring and proclaiming, and thereby bringing forth new things in the individual lives of believers, as well as in the collective life of believers, that is, the church that Jesus is building. From the Genesis creation of the heavens and the earth, the Spirit of God has been moving over the creation of God, and He continues to move through all of His story of the Old Testament, through the intertestament era of John the Baptist and the fleshly life of Christ, through the birthing of the church in the upper room on resurrection evening, through the empowerment of the church with the outpouring of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and all through church history, right up until this very day here when you are hearing this program, and will continue to move through the events unveiled in the book of Revelation leading up to the consummation of the ages at the marriage supper of the Lamb. The one true Jehovah God, now revealed in God the Son, Jesus Christ, has always been a God on the move, never static, stagnant, or stationary, but always moving in the world, in the church, and in the hearts of His people, the living temples the tabernacles not made with human hands, but by the saving, sanctifying, and supercharging power of God the Holy Spirit. God speaks of new things repeatedly in His Word. New wine, new moons, new growth, new things, new strength, new psalm, new name, new heart, new spirit, new covenant, new tongues, new garment, new commandment, new creature, new self, new man, new and living way, new heavens and new earth, new Jerusalem, just to name the most salient. He not only talks about new things, but also, as alluded to previously, about renewing things, meaning he takes old, obsolete, outdated, outmoded, passe things, and somehow transforms them into new. This tells me that genuinely new things are God things. The body of Christ, 
the implementers of God's plans and purposes on the earth in the natural, must know the things God is declaring in this last hour in order to be able to implement them. Indeed, the greatest need of every believer in this hour is to know the purposes and plans of God and the new things God is proclaiming through his surrogate spokesmen, his apostles and prophets, to the church are the purposes and plans of God. Amos 3, 7 reveals, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. Anything heaven is doing upon the earth whether in the church or in the world, will first be revealed through genuine God-appointed, God-anointed prophets. This is Stephen Lambert. We trust you're enjoying this episode of The Real Truth. You can hear other episodes and send us your comments and questions at realtruthradio.com. And now on this segment of the program, I want to talk to you about God's new things that he has been doing since the beginning of time in the world. Throughout human history, God has been declaring new things and using people as his channels of communication to declare those things. I am not just referring to preaching, teaching, and prophetic proclamations, nor am I speaking only of spiritual or religious matters. In the 15th century, for example, God proclaimed a whole new paradigm of mass communication to the masses of the world by revealing to an obscure German printer named Johann Gutenberg the principles and mechanics behind a newfangled invention known as the Gutenberg Press, the world's first printing press. It certainly was not coincidental that the very first mass-produced book ever printed on Gutenberg's contraption was the Bible. And to this very day, all the printing presses in the world have not exhausted the demand for that one book, so that it remains the most printed and purchased volume in history. Not only does this demonstrate that God truly is watching over his word, but also that it was undeniably he who inspired Gutenberg's conception and calculations. Not only was that invention the single most important element in reclaiming and returning the Word of God, and thus the capacity to encounter God unfiltered by religious establishment to the common man, but it was also the most critical element engendering the tidal wave of mass education and the advancement of scientific knowledge that gradually ensued. 
through voracious study of the writings of emerging science now published in the massive numbers of books produced and disseminated as a result of the printing press, a self-educated Italian by the name of Galilei Galileo in the following century virtually founded and fathered a discipline of science that came to be known as physics. Through Galileo's anti-establishment scientific discoveries, which so rocked the scientific universe that he was persecuted and imprisoned by the Roman Catholic Church for heresy, God was proclaiming a whole new paradigm of scientific knowledge and understanding concerning the physics and mechanics of God's creation that were rudimentary to an incalculable succession of scientific advancements and revolutionary discoveries that culminated in the scientifically and technologically advanced world we live in today. Then, in the following 17th century, Building upon Galileo's now conventional theorems and the contributions of other pioneering intellectuals and scientists, a prodigious English mathematician and scientist named Sir Isaac Newton was inspired by God to propound revolutionary theorems of the laws and dynamics of gravity terrestrial mechanics, calculus, and even color that together led to yet another paradigm shift in the world of science that would eventually evolve into a multitude of subsequent scientific discoveries and inventions through the centuries that make our world what it is today, from mechanical engineering to electronics to relativity, to aeronautics, to astronautics, to avionics, to atomics, to the whole new universe of information technology, and on and on it goes. Through the centuries, other great minds emerged into strategically prominent roles to ultimately bring into existence things that did not exist before in every field imaginable, from medicine to transportation to manufacturing to education to telecommunications to computers. The world we live in today was fashioned and formed by a myriad of scientists, inventors, innovators, and entrepreneurs extraordinaire whose God-inspired genius, labors, and involvements brought into existence new things, thinking, models, and paradigms with names such as Pasteur, Einstein, Edison, Wright, Ford, Getty, Sinclair, Salk, and von Braun among those topping the list. Each of these brilliant and God-gifted individuals were extraordinarily used of God to make monumental discoveries and advancements in their field of endeavor that produced 
paradigmatic changes to the systems and structure of our world. In all these epic cases, God was through the new paradigms produced, declaring new things. As much as secular humanists want to attribute all the credit to the genius of man alone, the fact of the matter is that as the old hymn says, this is my father's world. None of these massive wholesale changes could have possibly occurred except that these mere mortal men were inspired by the omnipotent and omniscient creator and source of all knowledge, science, understanding, and wisdom. All of these new things happened because God was declaring and proclaiming them through humans who were but the chosen vessels of conveyance for His purposes and plans for His mankind creation. Are you enjoying this podcast? Would you take just a minute to think about all the precious resources it takes to produce and make available a resource such as this? Time, talent, thinking, planning, preparing, studying, writing, editing, organizing, recording, audio editing, a multiplicity of post-production and publishing tasks, and on and on it goes. The big professional news and media companies employ 10 to 20 people to produce a presentation such as this podcast at a cost of hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you enjoy the program, would you be so kind as to take a minute and pray to ask God if He would have you lend a helping hand our way in the form of financial support? In about 30 seconds, you can donate at paypal.me forward slash SLM Inc. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash SLMINC to make a donation of any amount. Your gifts would be so greatly appreciated and used for the glory of God in the production of this program. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you abundantly for your generosity and graciousness. And now in this segment of our series, Now I Declare a New Thing, I want to speak to you about Abraham and his new thing. We cannot make a paradigm shift by beholding the new from the position of the old. Repeatedly, in issuing a new calling to saints of old, God told them they had to rise up and leave where they were presently living and go to another place of His election. And there, he would speak to them further, giving further instruction and revelation. Abraham could not see the land flowing with milk and honey from where he was residing in Haran. He had to leave his relatives, the land of his birth and residence, the place of his status quo, in order to go to Canaan land. It was there, in Canaan, 
that God caused his plan and purpose for a whole new paradigm to unfold. It was there that God established his covenant with the patriarch of the holy race and gave Abraham the visions of the sands of the seashore and the stars of the sky that guided him and kept him on course all the rest of his days as he progressed through the new paradigm that affected the future of the world for the rest of time, the fathering of the Hebrew and Arab races. We know how it all turned out with Abraham, and we get all charged up with our word-faith preaching of how we as believers today can by faith inherit the blessings of Abraham. But rarely is it emphasized, as strongly as it should be, that those blessings Abraham received from God over the course of his life of pursuit of God happened because, quote, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. End quote. Hebrews 11.8. Like every one of us, he could not see the end from the beginning. He had to leave his status quo and everything that it consisted of, and launch out into the great unknown, in what we would call blind faith, not having a clue where he was going, but just knowing that he was following the leading of God, like a blind man walking toward the sound of a voice in the darkness or like fire victims, totally blinded by the smoke, following the faint sound of a voice, crying out, This way, come this way to escape. Abraham put it all on the line to follow that still, small voice from within, whose instructions were, compared to the magnitude of what was being required, so scant. Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. God was instructing him to go forth without even telling him where he was going to go, except that it was a land where he was going to show him. The going forth by faith rather than sight, was the divine requisite to subsequently being shown the land where he was going. Oh, as we know so well, God promised to bless him exceedingly, which was the what, but he told him in advance literally nothing about the where and the how. And the clincher, is that he was telling him to do all of this at the age of 75. How many believers today would leave everything, their entire status quo, 
all that they had worked so hard for so long to attain, from things to status and standing, to embark on a journey to where they knew not, following nothing but the inward voice of the Lord and His promise of blessing, whether it's at forty-five, fifty-five, sixty-five, or seventy-five. Not many. Most would listen to the imploring counsel of all their well-meaning family, friends, and fellows, indicating in no uncertain terms that it would be sheer lunacy to suddenly pack up and leave everything and simply head out, not having a well-conceived plan that included in vivid detail all the where, the what, and the how by which they were going to accomplish the plan, and above all, succeed. And the vast majority of even Pentecostal-slash-charismatic-slash-word-slash-faith spirit-filled Christians would no doubt be fully convinced that the whole scenario was demonic and that their Abraham needs deliverance and prayer by the entire core of intercessors around the world. It is that kind of mindset that keeps the vast majority of believers, lay and leaders alike, from walking in the new dimensions of the Spirit that God initiates by declaring and proclaiming them through faith-filled, fearless, pioneering prophetic voices. This is Stephen Lambert to tell you about the ever-increasing number of spiritually enriching books I have narrated, books I have authored, as well as books by other authors. It is with great care and prayer that I select the books I narrate because I believe they will be a blessing and spiritually edifying to every believer who listens to them. As God tells us in His Word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Biblically-based audiobooks are a powerful and convenient medium by which to receive spiritual edification, exhortation, and education that will build your faith in Christ. I urge you to visit realtruthpublications.com to learn more about the Christian audiobooks I narrated. That's realtruthpublications.com. God is doing a new thing. Through the prophet Isaiah, God declared, Behold, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. Will you not be aware of it? The former things have all now come to pass. Now will I do a new thing. Will you be aware of it? Will you know that it is taking place when it is taking place, that I am doing a new thing? Oh, friends of God, believers in Christ, that is the question God is posing to you today. Will you 
be aware of the new thing God is doing? Are you tuned in and listening to the Spirit? The cloud of God's Spirit is moving. Will you move with it? Are you moving with the cloud? Or will you be like those of whom Jesus spoke who say, the old, that is the passe things, the passe ways, passe moves and emphases of the Spirit is good enough for me? Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. Please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and visit realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then, this is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God, all things are possible, and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose.